All right, everybody, good morning. Good morning. God bless you. Wonderful to have you with me today. I so look forward to these times that we have on Sunday morning. I hope that you're getting as much out of it as I am delivering it. I, I think I learned more by studying and getting ready to come over to the Digital Cathedral than maybe what you receive on Sunday morning. I'm, I'm on this journey with you. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm growing along with all of you that are around the world that have tapped into this great awakening that is going on. What a journey we're on, man. This is, these are some of the most exciting days I've ever experienced in my whole life. And I've, I've lived more than a day, believe me. And these days are, are so fulfilling to me and so exciting. I love sharing it with other people. And you're one of the people, my favorites to share with, I'll be honest. All right, let's begin this morning over in Philippians chapter 4. If I were to put a title on the teaching this morning, I would say it's this. Hear it, see it, possess it. See it, hear it, possess it. All right, that's a, that's a good little track to run on. First you see it, you hear it, you see it, and then you possess it. So let's look at some scripture this morning and see if we can't crank it up just a little bit. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, Paul says this. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do. And the God of peace will be with you. That's a, that's a strong statement. Can you say, how, how many of us can say that to other people today? The things that you have learned, received, heard, and seen in me, those are the things you want to do. And the God of peace will be with you. All right. Then we read over in James chapter 1, verse 22. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If any was a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes his way, and immediately forgets what kind of a person that he actually was. All right, guys. <clears throat> Let's take this down just a little bit deeper today. One of the challenges that face all of us that have come into this great awakening, that, and we're learning so much, we're seeing so much, we're hearing so much. One of, the, one of the challenges that the sons and the daughters of God have faced as they continue to develop has always been how to implement, how to implement this word that the Father is speaking, as I said last Sunday morning, from his lips to our ears. You know, how do we put legs to it? How do, we, how do we make it tangible? How do we demonstrate it? How do we live it? How do we walk it out? Because this, this is more than just, oh wow, that, that really was a good word. Or when God speaks to you, oh, that was an awesome revelation that the Spirit of God just, just revealed to me. The, the, the challenge is, taking this stuff from concept to actual application in life. The problem we always face is that we tap into the things that God speaks, the things of the Spirit, and we've not always been fast to understand that God is a Spirit, and what He speaks to us can only be understood and walked out in Spirit. I have caught a lot of things from God, from the Father, revealing to me. And when he spoke them to me, I tried to live it out in soul. 
and it doesn't work. God is a spirit, and spirit only speaks spirit. So when we take what he says on the level of the soul and, and think that we have the, the ability to walk it out, it never manifests. But as we become sharper and more discerning in spirit and we hear by spirit and we live it out in spirit, which would probably be totally invisible. Totally invisible at first. You're walking it out invisibly. <laughs> You're not walking it out in visibility. That's, that sometimes is, is the way the flesh tries to walk it out. You can't take what he says on the level of soul and have the ability to walk it out literally or to manifest it. Okay, I'm starting to get into some areas. I'm starting to, I, I can just feel you say, what the heck are you talking about? Here's what, I'm, here's what I'm talking about. Everything is conditional on our ability to see in spirit and hear in spirit and begin to walk it in spirit before we ever do in the natural. Now, if you unwind that back just a little bit, that means that whatever he says to us, we first have to perceive it in spirit and grab it in spirit and not in our minds. And I want, to, I, want to, I want to get into that just a little bit this morning. I just Let me lay a little bit of foundation on this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 13, Paul says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 13, Paul says, <clears throat> These things which we speak are not in the uh, man's wisdom of words the way that wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So Paul immediately says, look, the things that I'm speaking to you, and honestly, what I'm, I'm speaking to you this morning, you're never going to, if it doesn't, if it doesn't uh, uh, vibrate in spirit, if it doesn't resonate on the inside, you're never going to catch it in your head. It's going to go right over. Paul says you've got to take the spiritual things and compare it with spiritual. He says, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God because they're foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. So everything that is spoken to you by Spirit has to first come into the Spirit, into your spirit, into your inner man. The head is going to say, that doesn't make sense, it even sounds foolish. The Spirit man is going to go, that resonates, there's something there. I'm not sure what it is, but I want to grab onto it. Verse 15, he who is spiritual judges all things, but he himself is judged by no man. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Right? We have the mind of Christ. Um, again, this might be why Jesus spoke in parables. Because if the people didn't have eyes or ears to hear, they couldn't tune into the Spirit. Everything that Jesus taught in the parable, it sounded like just a good lesson in farming or just a good teaching on how to be a nice person. There, there was no value, there was no change. When Jesus spoke in parables, you can take it down to the level of spiritual understanding that you have. When Jesus spoke in parables, it was not to be received in the head, it was to be received in the Spirit. And Jesus said, we talked about it last week, those that have ears to hear, they hear it, they catch it. Those that don't have ears, even the understanding they think they have is taken away from them. In other words, they've not profited anything. Now this is an individual thing. It's very personal. 
No, no one can walk with God. No one can walk your walk with God but you. Very personal. Your spiritual development is very personal. Your ability, your, your, the, the, the challenge in your life to live out, to walk, to move from concept uh, to application is very personal. I can't do that for you. You can't do it for me. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is going to have to show you how to live this out. All I can do is give you some pointers, some helps out of the Word and from my experience, okay? My, my experience, and I think the Word firmly points out that the beginning point of putting legs to what's going on today in this awakening, to putting application to what we're, we're talking about, is to know that, first of all, it's received in spirit. We're talking spirit matters that have to be conveyed to spirit. It, let me phrase it like this. Your spiritual depth is measured by the depth His Word works in you. The depth that the Word works in your spirit. It works to the depth that you surrender to it and agree with it. It's not a mental agreement, not a mental ascension, not a mental saying, okay, uh, that's true, okay, I, I believe that. You, you can't believe with your mind. You believe out of your spirit. Believing is just an uh, effortless response to revelation. Revelation is not caught in the head, it's caught in the heart. When you, when you finally catch it in the heart, you will believe it. It's not an action that you can trigger at will. So the experience of the Word is something that happens within you as God brings changes, as God brings the insight, right? He's, he's the one that opens the ability to hear, the ability to see on a higher level, on a higher dimension. He's the one that opens it up. It's Him. Last week I read to you Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. It's such a relevant verse for today. Because as we move out of being soulish, soulish children into being spirit sons, Philippians 2.13 says that it's God that works in you. He's doing a work in you. And the work that he's doing in you has two, two prongs to it. First, he's putting his will in you. He's working his will into you. Stop worrying about what the will of God is. He's putting it in you. He has a unique way with your personality, the way that he built you, designed you, which you're totally original. Nobody else in the world like you. Billions of people, you're an original. He knows how to put his will in you so that you see it and get it, all right? We, we've clouded over our ability to see and discern the will of God because we've, we've fretted over it. We've jumped here thinking this is God's will. We've jumped there thinking that's God's will. We've run all over. We've scattered our efforts, our emotional energy. And God says, will you please cut it out? I am the sovereign one. And I know how to put my will in you. That's one prong. The other prong is he says, after I put it in you, I'm going to be the one that lights the fire that puts the gasoline in the engine that will empower you to do that will. Once you know his will, you don't have to rev up yourself emotionally. You know, you don't have to run out and try to, try to figure out, put all kinds of things together, programs, educational tools. You don't have to try to do it. He will give you the power to do it. How, how does he give you the power to do it? He directs your steps. He says, okay, here's a course over here. I want you to take that course. 
He said, there's a person over there. I want you to go talk to them. I want you to glean from them what they have. There's an organization over here. I want you to go join. I want you to be part of it. He's the one that directs. He's the one that motivates. He's the one that empowers. Now, can you see in that verse? Let me just quote the verse again. I, I want you to get the impact of it. It is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Can you see in that verse that it's all about inner preparation? <clears throat> it's about inner preparation. Now, the teaching today is about how to move from how to, how to move from application, how to move from concept to application, how to put legs on the word. Right? It's all about inner preparation. I want you, you should be able to see it from that verse. What is produced internally, what he, what he, what he generates internally is, is going to begin to manifest externally. It can't help but be that way. He first works inside of you. It is, his, it is his ability that works his will into you, then it's his ability that empowers you to do that will. It's about inner preparation. So, for, for example, you can't produce anxiety inside and produce peace externally in the way you live. If you're anxious inside, at some point it's going to show on the outside. You're going to live a life of panic. You're going to live a life of desperation. You're going to live a life that makes dumb decisions. You can't produce, you can't produce anxiety inside and peace on the outside. Whatever is produced inside will come to the outside. So God says, here's what I'm concerned about. I'm not concerned about your external uh, actions. What I am concerned with is the internal development that I'm now doing within you. And the internal development that I'm doing within you is to plant my will in there and then to give you the ability to do that will. Healing first begins within you. See, you, you run to look in the mirror, see if, it's, if you're healed. That's not where the healing comes. Prosperity does not, is not what your bank account says. Prosperity first begins to work on the inside of you. Love, hearing ears, seeing eyes, they're all formed inside of us before they become visible in the external world. Now, you and I have been so concentrated on the external visible world that we've tried to shortcut the process internally, and it hasn't worked too well. Right. Now, remember, I'm talking to you about how to implement what you're learning. How, in this great awakening that's going on, the key to it is being able to manifest what we're receiving. And the key to manifest what you're receiving is understand he's the one that's working internally, knowing that as he works internally, it eventually is going to show externally. So how, how is that formed? A couple of verses of scripture that'll help you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but we look at the things that are not seen. What are the things that are not seen? They're the things of the Spirit. He's developing your life so that what you don't see becomes more real to you than what you see. If you haven't crossed over that line yet, then he's still working in you, which is good. That's a good sign. So one of the aids that help us to implement, to give application to concept, to put legs to revelation, 
to work out what he is working in is to not look at what we see. What you see creates great static in your spirit. What you see puts a veil over your eyes to see. So he says, don't look at it. Look at the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are very temporary. Why are you confused in life? I'll tell you why you've walked through so much confusion. You have looked at what you see, and what you see has changed in front of your eyes. It was an illusion. And because it changed, all of a sudden, you've got to shift gears and make an adjustment to what you now see outside. He said, don't look at that. Look at what is not seen because what is seen is temporary. What is not seen, he says in that 18th verse, is eternal. That brings stability. That brings a solid core to your life. He's working in you spiritually. He's working in you hearing and seeing from within. Then in Philippians chapter 4, a little bit to the right, Paul says this. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7 reads like this. And the peace of God which passes understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I read verse 7 because I wanted you to see what he wants to work in your life. He wants to work into your life the peace which surpasses understanding. So how does that arise? <clears throat> verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You want the peace of God that passes understanding? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. That rejoicing has got to come from within. It's not going to come by what you see, because what you see sometimes doesn't make you want to rejoice. <clears throat> Verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. Be smooth, be gentle, be laid back. In everything you do, rejoice in the Lord. Then he says, you want, you want to get jacked up? You want to get messed up? Then let anxiety come in. He says, you want the peace of God that passes understanding? Then don't be anxious by, about anything. <clears throat> I'm talking to some of you that wake up in the middle of the night, you toss and you turn, because in, in the middle of the night, problems become inflated. There's less, there's less ability to re resist or combat things in the night. They can just grow larger. Sounds. All of a sudden, you think somebody's breaking into your house. It's just the hot water heater making a sound. But all this stuff is magnified. Then you can't get back to sleep because you're scared. See, all those things are magnified. They, they bring anxiety. They stop you from hearing. They don't work well. It all comes down to living out of your life source. To where everything else that is going on externally, you have now discounted. You have now counted as nothing. You're learning to live out of life source, which is the kingdom of God. Now, where is that kingdom? It is within you. Jesus said, you look here, you look there, you're running all over trying to locate the kingdom. He said, the kingdom is within you. So that means, he's just another way of saying, you've got to learn to live from, out, from the inside to the outside. You don't live from the outside to the inside. 
what you see with your spirit eyes that the Father has deposited to you internally, those are the things that you can possess and produce externally. When God puts a peace in your heart, you will demonstrate it externally. Nothing can shake you externally. If you're just trying to, you know, trying to fake it till you make it with an outward peace, but inside you're just so anxious, it's, it's going to wear out. You're not able to keep it. Let me say it again. You can produce externally what he has, what he has generated within you internally. You can produce on the outside what he has generated on the inside. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I know that I'm talking about some kind of advanced stuff, but that's what the digital cathedral is about. I know, you're, I, I'm not dealing with a bunch of novices here. I'm dealing with people in the digital cathedral that are on the front edge of an awakening that is going on all over the world. And we have got to demonstrate this stuff. So if I'm going a little bit fast, if I'm accelerating, if I'm stretching you, glory be to Jesus, let the hallelujahs roll. That's what I'm trying to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore we don't lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Don't lose heart. You're not looking at the outward guy anyway. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Now which guy are you going to look at? Which man rules your life? This external man that's, that's perishing? Or this inner man that is, that is more alive today than he was yesterday? Stuff in the outside world, he's saying in that verse, if you live by spirit, you come out of kingdom, stuff that is in the outside world, that is in the external world, will be swallowed up by what is going on in the internal, invisible world, the inner world. The power of the two, they're not even in the same universe. We've become so accustomed to looking at this outside man. We look in the mirror, we want to make sure he's all perfect. We would never go into public with a hair out of place. You make sure everything is just so. And that's the man is perishing. But we walk out without any regard to what's going on in the inner man. We go out with attitudes, ideas judgments, criticisms. And that inner man is what's going to now show on the outside. You can, you can look so fine, have your clothes perfect, your hair perfect, and you can be stinking on the outside because what's going on in the inside. Paul is saying, I'm telling you guys something, that what this, this guy outside, he, he's not doing well. In fact, he's perishing every day. But this man that is on the inside, this spirit man that God is working in, his will and his power. This man that is on the inside, this generating strength, he's talking to you all the time. That's the man that's being renewed day by day. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're being transformed by the inner man. We're not being conformed to the outer man. Sensitivity. Hearing the voice within. The, the, the sons and daughters are coming through some serious training. 
The, the, the destiny of it, I read that 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Let me, let me read the next verse to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me, let me put it in context and I'll read verses 16 and 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, Therefore we don't lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing. We don't lose heart over that. Because the inner man is being renewed day by day. All right? Now this light affliction, he says in verse 17, that happens to this outside man, is working for us a far greater exceeding joy. He calls it a weight of glory. That means glory is the manifested presence of God. Verse 16, don't look at the out guy. Inward man is being renewed. Even though there's some light affliction going on with this outside guy, he doesn't, he doesn't feel good, he, you know, he's got some problems. Don't worry about it because that light affliction outside can't hold up this weight of the presence of God that is now being generated on the inside. The glory is so immense, he said, we can't fathom it. The presence, what is coming our way is so immense, we can't fathom it, he says in verse 17. It's, it, it's, 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 it's not a school of book learning. He's, he's training us. We're coming through serious training. And it's not book learning training. It's a school of encounters. It's a school of experiences. And that school is not always pleasant because this soulish man is dying and his spirit man is coming more alive. So Paul's advice is don't get hung up on this outside guy. Don't get hung up on him. You're living out of the kingdom. You're living out of a resource. You're living out of a divine ability. You're living out of this inward man that is being renewed every day. He's getting stronger. He's seeing more. He's more revelation is being poured into him. That's the source. That's the place that we live out of. And frankly, that's where we learn his ways. So you're coming through a crash course and that's, that's how it works. You can learn as fast as you can go in the Spirit. But until you learn what you need to learn on the level you're going, all of you sons that are in this awakening, you're not coming up to a next place. It's a crash course. And if you keep backing out of it, giving attention to this outer man, you cannot manifest as a son. He'll bring you as fast as you can go. It took Moses 40 years. It took Jesus 40 days. It took Paul a while. Paul, Paul, you, if you read through Paul's letters, you can see the spiritual development in the life of Paul. Some of the things that Paul wrote in Romans, by the time he got over to you know, Ephesians and Colossians, his, his, his growth was obvious. Some of the things that Paul said about women, he grew out of. Yeah, it, it, it's what Paul wrote but it was in one stage of consciousness and level of, of development. But later on he goes, look, there's not, neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female. Now how did, how, if you're going to take what Paul said, that you know women can't teach in church, or women can't be leaders, then over here he, grow, he grows. He develops. He said, look, in the spirit there's no male or female. What is that? That's a changing, that's... that's him no longer paying attention to this outside man. Paul says, don't know anybody after the flesh. 
So you want to take some of what Paul said in his earlier development and apply it to the flesh of which Paul said now later don't know anybody after the flesh. It took Paul a while to get it. Look, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me, here's a very simple illustration. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me pick it up with verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7. Paul said, Lest I should be exalted above, above measure by the abundance of revelations. Well, first of all, revelation should not exalt you. That's a sign right there that the man was still in development. If anything, revelation should humble you. I'm humbled when God shows me something because I know it wasn't my doing. It was his doing. When I got the revelation of grace, when I got the revelation of the fatherhood of God and unconditional love without conditions, when I got the revelation that hell is an illusion, when I got the revelation that Christ is all and in all, that did not exalt me above my Baptist brothers. In fact, it humbled me. And I said, God, why, are, why did you pick me to show me this? Why didn't you let me just keep going on like I was a good little charismatic teaching four steps to, to victory and three steps to power of prayer? Why did you show me? It didn't exalt me. Paul, Paul evidently had an ego problem. He said, unless I be exalted above measure, it shouldn't exalt you because of all the revelations. He said, I had a thorn in the flesh was given to him, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. I, I, I'm not going to get into all that that was, but honestly, it was the Judaizers that kept bugging Paul. They sent messenger after messenger, tear down his message. He said, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And three times he came back and said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Why did Paul do it three times? Because he was growing. It took him some time to learn his lessons. Paul graduated and got his Ph.D. in the sufficiency of grace, but it didn't come easy. It was that sufficiency of grace that opened up the revelation for Paul to write two-thirds of the New Testament. But let me give you a newsflash today. Paul did not have to go through it three times. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody today that has had to go through things three, four times? Because you've, you're, you know, you're still learning... Paul could have got the word the first time that my grace is sufficient for you. See, but spiritual sight is first conceived by deep preparation of the Father. Then when that preparation is complete, he moves you up to the next level in the kingdom. And once he moves you to that next level of the kingdom, once, once that transformation takes place, brother, you can't hold it in. The release that comes is going to break forth. This was one of my real problems when I was still pastoring. I would see something during the week. I didn't have, you know, a lot of my people were not as understanding as the digital cathedral. They weren't looking for, for new stuff. They were kind of looking for affirmation of what they already believed. But I couldn't hold it in, man. I would see something during the week about the goodness of God, the love of God, the power of the Spirit, or mercy that endures forever. I'd come over and I'd share it with the whole church. Because you can't hold it in. 
It's, it's that moving from glory to glory. Jesus put it like this in John chapter 7. I, like, I love the way that Jesus said this. Because let me, let me read it. Because I think, I think those of you that have a lot going on inside right now, you can relate to what Jesus said in, in John chapter 7 and verse 37. Jesus said, John 7, verse 37, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out and said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now watch this. He who believes in me, and believing is just responding to revelation. That's all believing is. Jesus is saying, when I show you something, you respond to it. Here's what's going to happen. He said, out of your belly is going to flow a river of living water. How many of you know today that you can't dam up the river that he's put within you? <laughs> when, that, when that revelation hits man, when that love of God begins to be shed abroad in your heart, it's going to flow, it's going to explode, it's going to come out of you. That's why we don't worry about witnessing anymore. I don't, I don't carry, I used to carry tracks. I don't carry any tracks for the last 15, 18 years. I, I don't have the Romans road memorized anymore. Four spiritual laws. I could tell you what they are. I haven't used them in 20 years. You know why? Because out of my belly now is flowing a river of living water. Out of your belly is flowing a river of living water. It can't be contained. It's not just a concept anymore. It's not just a good teaching. But what he has said to you, what he's revealed to you has now become part of you. His word has become your flesh. And I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about the word that he speaks from his mouth to your ears. It has now become part of you. And that's the word that you now put legs to and you can demonstrate. If you can't demonstrate it, can't manifest it, let it keep cooking. Let it keep working. Let it keep changing. Because once it hits, the river's coming. You can't, you can't hold it back. It's a revealing within that has conformed you to the revelation. Paul, Paul said this in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. He said, my little children. He said, my little children, I am travailing for you. I'm, I, I, I'm in there in the trenches pulling with you. I'm teaching you until Christ is formed within you. <clears throat> now the Christ was already in them. Fullness of Christ was already there. But it, it had no form because they hadn't embraced the word yet that God was speaking through Paul to them. See, some, sometimes God will speak through me to you. God will speak through you to me. You message me. You make comments on Wednesday night. God speaks to me through you. But they hadn't embraced that yet, and so they weren't changed by it. Your frequency, your vibration is changing. The place of your dwelling is coming higher. There's just, how you know you're part of this great awakening is because you have this insatiable desire to be more. Not to just know more, but to walk out more, to manifest more. You have this desire to be like a Jesus magnet where people are just drawn to you. And so now the, the dealings of God have changed. In the Old Testament, God dealt with people on a natural level. He dealt with them on their behavior. 
Now those that teach a mixed message are still dealing with people on their behavior. Trying to modify it. Trying to make it better. Trying to pretty it up. Dress it up. But now the dealings of God for his sons that have realized they are the sons is moved from a natural behavioral dealing to a spiritual inner man dealing. So that means your promised land has now moved from a physical promised land to a spiritual promised land, which is the high calling of Christ. So your promised land is now Christ as you in this world. And in that Christ as you, you're discovering that everything you have ever needed for life and godliness has already been planted into that kingdom. And as you live out to Christ as you life, it manifests. It shows. So we're moving on a level of dominion and authority now. His sons are beginning to live out a king-priest ministry. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, I probably should read that. This is good. Revelation chapter, what does that mean to be a king and a priest? Look at this, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins... And has made us kings and priests. This, this is a level of development that we're coming into. We've been sons. Kings and priests means this. A king is one who has uh, authority and dominion in the natural. The priest is one who stands between God and man in the spiritual. So when he has made you a king and priest, what he's saying to you is, I have now given you dominion in natural and spiritual. Right? This, this, this is a higher vibration, fivefold ministry. Being a king and a priest is much more desirable than being an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Thank God for those. Kings and priests function in the Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 7, and 8, where God said, let them have dominion. Let them have power over the fish, over the sky, over the weather, over everything in the garden, over everything that lives and breathes. Man, I give you dominion. That's the king-priest ministry. To where the natural things now you have dominion over. So what, what happens as you move higher in frequency and vibration? What happens? It positions you to possess. To possess more land, to possess more... When I say land, I'm talking about more vision, more sight, more clarity. It comes to you the higher the level, the greater the vibration. Love is the highest vibration in the universe. You want to raise your vibration, love more. You want to raise your vibration, then stay away from things that create a drag on your vibration. Condemnation, doubt, fear, unbelief, all those things drag on your vibration. He's bringing you higher. The ascension of sons is taking place. Your sight is getting sharper. The voices are having more clarity. You see the provision and you see the supply now and you're starting to reach out and grab it. See, this is why I talk to you about spiritual sight so much. You can't reach and you can't grab what you can't see. When you see, the veil is removed. See, 
When you see now, clarity comes. And the promises become yours. When you see the promises, the veil is removed. You're able to reach out and grab it. And that promise now becomes like picking apples off of a tree. You got it. You possess it. Now, now you know why I've been on this thing of spiritual sight. Spiritual sight is so critical. If you can't see it, you cannot reach out to possess it. You don't know where to grab. So when you come into this new level, all right, this level you're on today, that, that vibrational level, that frequency, that's not going to sustain, it's not going to fulfill you or sustain you next year. So you have to, when you, to get to the next place, the job is to clear the land of all of the ites. All of the ites in the land. Clear out all of the bonds, the ties, the cords, the restraints that you now see that you couldn't see before. I'll tell you this from experience. The more you, the more you come into sonship, the more you manifest as a son, more revelation you get, the more you see. All of a sudden now, you're, you're, you're tuned in finer. Things that you didn't see before that were dragging on you, pulling on you, you now see. The higher the level, the sharper the division, vision to perceive the bonds and the cords. Every new level requires that you do a house cleaning because you're now more sensitive. You now know somebody's touching you. Virtue just flowed out. You now see what's pulling you and you see what's draining you. You didn't see it before. So there'd be, there'd be days that you walked in exhausted. You didn't know what in the world was, 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 was creating this. You know, you thought it was chronic fatigue syndrome. No, it was something in spirit pulling you. A new level comes because you now have been prepared for it within. He has gotten you ready for it. And so now all of the rules of engagement have changed. Jesus was highly developed in this. I think that's probably what happened during his first 30 years of life is God was developing his sensitivity, his ability to see until he knew when somebody touched him. You're going to know when somebody or something touches you and drains you. I know it may seem like you're going around the same mountain time after time after time. You're not. It's just the same process. But as you go around it again, another layer is coming off the onion. Here's the track that you run on. First comes the encounter, the spiritual encounter or the experience. Second of all, then comes the revelation or the consciousness of what was going on in the encounter or the experience. Most of the encounters in the experience, you're not going to understand why you're going through it. Once you come through it, then you'll know what was going on. And when you have the revelation, the higher consciousness, number three, then you change. And then number four, you mature in the change. And then he brings you right back around to number one again, where you have the encounter or the experience. That's why you feel like, man, I'm going around this mountain time after time after time. No, he's taking you, it's the same onion, he's just taking another layer off. Another layer off. You will experience this new level as you drive out the ites, as you drive out the inhabitants. Break the cords, the bots, the ties. He, it, it, it's going to come down to creating such sensitivity 
that the only voice you hear is his voice. You, don't, you no longer hear the outside voices. Isn't that, isn't that how Jesus lived? Jesus said, I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see the Father do. He, he was so sensitive, he narrowed it down so far that it was one voice, one focus. That's, there, that's, can you, I want you to see, he's narrowing you down. He's bringing you down. Every time he brings you down, the cords that are holding you there, the, the, the ice, they got to go. They got to go. God's bringing all of his sons over the Jordan. The Jordan is, a, is, is symbolic of separation or, uh, 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 you know, an obstacle that's holding you back from the land of milk and honey. He's brought, he's bringing all the sons over the Jordan River. And he's, he's, he's taking you into Canaan land with a very unique call and a very unique mission in this great awakening that is presently taking a place. But you've got to clear the land. Maybe I should read it from the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. My time's getting away from me. Exodus chapter 33. And let me read verse 1 and 2. Here's how it works. Let me just get a drink here. Exodus chapter 33 verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here. You and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm bringing you out of Egypt, right? Digital Cathedral, we're coming out of Egypt. We've come out of Egypt. And he says, I'm, I'm taking you to a land that I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants I will give it. The Father promised Jesus all of creation. That there will be a time that all of creation is gathered together in Christ. That's our Abraham. I'm just speaking symbolically. So he's taking you and I to that promised land that we can possess it. He said, I want you to go up and I want you to possess the land that I've given you. And he says in verse 2, I will send an angel before you and will drive out all of the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Right? They went into the land, but there were still, the land was still filled with ites. He said, but don't worry, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to clear the land out. He says to you, don't worry about it. I'm the one that's working in you both to will and to do of my good pleasure. I'm bringing you to a higher dimension. I'm bringing you into the land. I'm bringing you into the provision. And don't worry. I'm, I'm driving out the ites. I'm revealing the ites to you. Now you're going to have to physically, you know, spiritually, get them cleared out of your life. I'm going to show you by revelation, he says, but you're going to have to remove the influence ites, the self-ites. The egoites, the five sense controlled ites, the soul ites. He said, I, I, I've gone before you. I'm bringing you in. I'm empowering you to do the will. Drive the ites out. We, we have been children of God. Thank God that we've been children. But we're coming out of being children into walking as sons and daughters in the fullness of that relationship. 
We were napiases. We were infants. We were pations. We were toddlers. We've come through technons being teenagers. Now we're into weasing, which is mature sons. But he says, we're not stopping there. I'm bringing you into being a father, a patier in the faith. We've, we've, we've put away the, the, the lesser. We've put away all of the childish things. When we were children, we spoke like children. We thought like children. We acted like children. But the time has come, put away the childish things. Time has come, he says, I brought, I brought you into a, a, a land flowing with my promises, and now you see them. And because now you see them, you can reach out and grab them. Whatever you see, you can possess. So, I, I've been so strong on getting the veil off, getting rid of the cords, the bonds, the ties on each level. Now, you can stop anywhere you want. You can stop at any level. But the end game is Christ formed in you. The end, end game is, is being as he is in this present world. The end game is priest and king. Authority in natural, authority in spirit. See, the, the, the manna of yesterday was good. But you, if you try to eat the manna of yesterday today, you're going to find it's spoiled, it's rotten. I ate word of faith manna for 20 years. It was good. It filled in a blank. The word of faith taught me to confess the word. The word of faith taught me to believe the word, the Bible. The word of faith taught me to act in faith. That was good. Then I, the charismatic move. The charismatics taught me that there's a spirit dimension, a spirit realm. Be sensitive to spirit. The prophetic helped me to hear God when I couldn't hear God for myself. That was all good. That manna was good. But if you're still trying to live on that manna, you're going to find that it is spoiled. And it doesn't work on this new level that you have now come into. You need new manna for a new day. All of the manna of the fivefold, which we're going to need the fivefold till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But for you that I'm talking to, you on the digital cathedral, those of you that have been with me for a long time, the fivefold is being replaced by fresh manna, which is priest-king ministry. It's authority, natural, spiritual. So it's, it's imperative that we, we give for ourselves a revelation of bonds that are trying to hold us. They, they've been such a huge detriment. They have been such a veil over our eyes that we've got to remove and get rid of. We've got to drive those ites out of the land. Whether you call them cords, influences, perceptions, false doctrine, bad teaching, it doesn't matter. We've got to clear the land. And it's done by revelation as he reveals them to us. <clears throat> When he shows you that, that relationship with him is totally by grace. It's not by a prayer of anything. It's not by believing or receiving. It's by grace alone. Then you have got to let go of that eye of false teaching that said you have to merit it some way. You got to clear the land of the ites. It's done by revelation. Let me just say this in conclusion. The reality of possessing fully the inheritance that you have that has been put into your life, 
that the kingdom has afforded you is not something you have to convince yourself of. Are you hearing me? You don't fake it till you make it. You don't have to say, I believe something that you really don't believe. Because when you have it, when he has worked the work within you, you're going to know it, and not only will you know it, the spirit realm will know it as well. I'm just standing here, I'm thinking of that scripture, you know, where, where Paul was out working and he's, these guys were all jacked up and then the spirit starts speaking and said, Paul we know and this one we know, but you we don't know. When you've got it, this realm of spirit will know, here comes the king, here comes the priest. And it's at that place that we now are walking out. We've put legs. The, 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 the question at the start of the teaching of today was, how do we manifest this stuff? How do we demonstrate it? How do we take it from concept to application? That's what this teaching has been about this morning. And I hope that you're seeing some very practical things that you can bring into your life and demonstrate the priest-king ministry. You've come a long way, baby. You've come a long way. And we're still keep moving forward. It's going to even get more fulfilling. The best is yet to come. I appreciate you sticking with me every week at the Digital Cathedral. Every week we take another layer off the onion, don't we? And then Wednesday night, in case you didn't know it, Wednesday night on my Facebook at 8, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time on my Facebook page, we, uh, we talk about these things. Let me just see. what. Okay, we've got one more Sunday in this month. The next Sunday will be the 24th of November. Let me just remind, let me tell you of a couple things coming up. In January, I'm going to begin to do something I've never done. I felt real, real uh, strong about this. I want to come through the books of Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians verse by verse. It's called expository teaching. And I want grace to take a look at those four books. I don't want to eliminate hard verses. I, did, I just feel like there's a lot in there that we have overlooked, that we have been so programmed to that we miss. We have a filter, a veil. So that'll start in January. In the month of December, I want to get you ready for that, and I'm going to do a five-part series called Unhook the Book. And we're going to talk about how to read your Bible, how to study it. And so that will prepare us for Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. So we're going to pull the veil back on some things in December about how to study. And then we'll start our Galatians through Colossians study in January. Now once in a while, I might fudge and do another topical if something's really powerful or strong. But I think what we're going to find as we get into the books is that the verses themselves are going to lead us to some very powerful truths. So I look forward to that. I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night, next Sunday morning, same time, same place. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We thank you for being with us today on the Digital Cathedral. We trust that today's teaching helped you in your journey to the abundant life Jesus has freely given to all. If you would like to help support us in spreading the gospel of grace, you can do so by going to donkeithley.com to make your donation. We thank you for your prayers and continued monthly support and look forward to seeing you again next week at the Digital Cathedral.